Selling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. Cuts across, he scores! This is the Preds' official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful move from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Episode 100! 100! Man, we, welcome. <laughs> we but see this. We is, could have done some great things together there. We really could have. We talked. To, we kind of did this like. So here's a little inside perspective. By the way, welcome to the Preds official podcast. Oh yeah, it's ESPN 102.5 The Game. Brooks Bratton, Thomas Willis. Uh, as that intro was playing, we always kind of pointed each other and be like, "Which one of you is doing the intro?" And we were just kind of like, "Let's just go for well, it." Well, it's been such a long time. Since it has we've done been. a show. Yeah. Perhaps one of our larger gaps in the history of the show. I, I don't think, think so. I don't, I don't think, think we've, we've ever, ever gone more than a week. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, now was, we've gone like three out of four. We've been running some best ofs it to was, get ready yes. for the 100th episode. Yeah, it was June the last time we did this. No, that's not true. <laughs> hey, welcome to episode 100. I would like to thank all of you who have listened to all 100 episodes because if you'll remember, yes. we said, is there anyone other than your wife, Thomas, who yes. has listened to all 99? A lot of people are like, hey, I've listened to all 99. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. Several people reached out. That That, that felt nice. That was great. Um, thanks to our boss, Claire, for sending us cookies before we yeah. recorded this. I've had cookies for lunch, so if this is the worst episode or the best episode yep. ever, yep. at least we'll know why. Yeah, Claire sent us some cookies. I, uh, I've never been more excited to answer the door at quarter to 11 in the morning, <laughs> but uh, here we are. That was a nice treat. And yeah, thanks to everyone for sticking with us. And uh, we're going to reward some of you later on in the show. We have a Matias Ekholm stick, game used, mm-hmm. a Cali Yarncroc game used stick. We have... Three Matt Duchesne bobbleheads, which is part of a uh, hockey at home pack. So we're going to give away a lot of stuff. It's been a while. I don't think we've given away anything during this pause of sorts, if you will. Because we haven't been able to go to the arena to get (laughs) said giveaways. Yes. So we have stuff. We're going to give some of those away. And uh, we're going to have some fun today. So we have spoken to new Predators assistant coach Dan Hynote, a fantastic interview coming up in segment two. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from him. Of course, the Predators have hired Dan Hynote as an assistant coach since the last time we spoke with all of you. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Uh, a couple of NHL uh, updates to get to and plenty of fan questions. We have voice memos. We're going to hear some of you for the first time. So that's very exciting. Uh, we're going to get to as many questions as we can coming up but first off thomas willis as we said a new member of the predators organization behind the bench a former stanley cup winner or i guess he still is a stanley cup winner he just did it a while ago in 2001 with the colorado avalanche but he's dan Hynote, and he's coming to nashville yes the predators were pretty direct in what they wanted in to fill that assistant coach vacancy they wanted a a former player, recently retired, if possible. It's always a bonus if you get championship pedigree, someone who's won a Stanley Cup. And, and I think at the end of the season, we heard some comments from Hines and Poyle saying, Poyle put it as, we want to return to the predator way, that you know, hard on the puck, tenacious, never give up attitude, You know, really putting um, the effort there on a night-in, night-out basis. We've heard Hines many times talk about the mental fortitude aspect of a game. And the Predators had a lot of success with that. And I think part of that reasoning is, and I think you would agree with this, the Predators roster, talent-wise, was better this year than when they went to the Stanley Cup Final in 2017. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a from a talent perspective. And yet, when you play to a good team system, when you're all playing together, 
you know, you're able to go very far. Um, probably some credit to the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup final right now. So I think they wanted an assistant coach who exhibited that as a player. And then Heinov's coached before. He's coached with the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. He's been with you know, some of the U.S. programs. So he he's shown that ability to get that out of players. And I think that, along with how he appears to align well with Coach Heinz's system, I think that's another reason why they really wanted him. Yeah, he's with the U.S. Uh, National Team Development Program. John Hines has also been there. There's a lot of people who have crossed over, and that was kind of where the word of mouth came from, that this is a guy that you should look at. Uh, in the press release, John Hines mentioned character and personality. Dan Heinold certainly has that. You'll get more of a sense of that in his interview. He's really fun to talk to, a really energetic guy. Uh, but as you mentioned, that championship pedigree learned a lot with the Colorado Avalanche. You'll hear him talk about his lessons there. I think it's also worth mentioning, too, before turning pro, uh, he actually attended Army West Point, and he was the first player in program history to be drafted to the NHL. No matter how long or short your stay is with a program like that, you're going to learn some things. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped with his development as a player. And then, of course, you're going to keep that with you for the rest of your life. And as he's become a coach, as you mentioned, an assistant and a scout with Columbus and also with the U-17 squad uh, last season with the national team development program, he's gotten a lot of good experience already. And uh, the Predators really like what they've seen from him so far, even in the interview process, of course, haven't had him behind the bench yet, but uh, a lot to like with Dan Hynote. A lot of energy, even in interviews, and I think that's a a good sign. And this isn't a spoiler because we didn't touch on it in this upcoming interview. This was one of uh, his first media availabilities when he first was introduced. He was asked, you know, what did he learn from that U.S. development program, working with players who are almost always going to be younger than NHL players outside of a first round pick. You know, there's not many teenagers in the NHL. And and he said that he just saw how society has developed a bit with with youth, meaning like, you know, why? Why do you want me to do this? Or, you know, are you sure this is the way to go? You know, why should I listen to you? And I think that's just as, as players, as more things are out there to them saying, do this, don't do this, or you should do, you know, you should train this way. You should do this when you're on the ice, but they have all these different voices in their lives. I think coaches have to, you know, show why you should listen to them, you know, why you need to buy into what they want you to do. And with hockey being what I would say is the ultimate team sport and you need everybody on that same page. And if you have, you know, the superstar who's like, Oh, I'm going to do my own thing. You know, that a lot of times doesn't work. And so, um, high note through that seems like he's been able to really connect with players and say, you know, he was more of a, a third line, fourth line, Scott Nickel type guy when he played, but he played with Peter Forsberg and, and Paul Correa and Tama Solani and Joe Sackick. So he's able to say, well, they did it this way and it worked out pretty well for them. Or I've seen it go this way. And, you know, that's a good thing to know as well. And and with Poyle and Hines saying that it certainly looks like Ellie Tolvanen's on the roster in 2021 or is going to be given a good shot, who knows, maybe Phil Tomasino, Rem Pitlick, with more of this youth movement, I think that only helps as well. He's able to go to the late teen, early 20-year-olds and be able to say, you know, here, here's why you should do it this way. For sure. So the Predators get a new assistant and Dan Hynode again, his interview coming up in the next segment, I think you'll really enjoy hearing from him and uh, certainly excited to get to know him more and and to see what he can do behind the bench with the Preds. A couple of updates as well to get to. So the NHL has confirmed dates for the 2020 NHL draft. It'll take place virtually. Round one is October 6th at 6 p.m. Central. 
uh, NBCSN here in the States. And of course, the Predators own the 11th overall pick in that draft. So certainly something to keep an eye on. And we'll have some draft previews uh, in the next couple of episodes as we get closer here. And then rounds two through seven, the very next day, Wednesday, October 7th, starting at 10 a.m., and running all day. And then two days later, the 2020 free agency period opens on Friday, October 9th. That's at 11 a.m. Central. So those uh, first few days of October are going to be pretty busy. Yeah, I saw someone tweet earlier this week, three weeks till free agency. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So in October for the first time. So uh, something to look forward to there. Also, Predators captain Roman Yossi, of course, don't forget, nominated for the Norris Trophy, the winner of that award is expected to come sometime during the Stanley Cup final, which is final now. Yeah. Dallas, the Western Conference champion, and the Tampa Bay Lightning beating the New York Islanders in overtime on Thursday night to advance. So Dallas and Tampa Bay, your 2020 Stanley Cup final from the bubble in Edmonton. And then uh, one more note, former Predators head coach, uh, Peter Laviolette was hired by the Washington Capitals to be their new head coach earlier in the week. So congratulations uh, to Coach Laviolette. Looking forward to seeing him behind the bench of another uh, NHL club here. Before we speak to you next, we expect we'll know whether or not Roman Yossi wins the Norris Trophy. Should be this this coming week. Yes, and yes, so we, we do expect it'll be earlier on in the final. And we've talked we've talked about it a, a lot. So you know we're not going to get into that again here. But certainly has a great chance. He of course is a finalist. He's a thirty three percent chance to win. It, it will be one of those three along with John Carlson of the Capitals and Victor Hedman, who will also be playing in the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup final at that time of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think by far this is the best season a Preds defenseman's ever had. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that he, meaning Yossi, is able to come home with some hardware because of it. Yeah, Roman's got a great chance. So stay tuned, as Thomas said, uh, this time next week. Uh, we should have some more details on whether or not he's the winner and also plenty more uh, to come from the Stanley Cup final. It looks like they're going to make it. That's been the talk of the NHL is is that's our goal. We want to get the Stanley Cup handed out. Still zero positive cases the entire time in the bubble, which is pretty remarkable. It's incredible. They've yeah. done a great job. And uh, hopefully it looks like they're going to get the Stanley Cup handed out here in the next 10, uh, 12, 14 days or so. So uh, pretty pretty exciting there. Pick a number, Max. Any, any amount Seven, of, eight. Any amount of days. Twelve. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's mention this real quick uh, before we move on to Dan Hynode as well. So uh, everybody focused on the now, but of course people want to know what's to come in the future. So NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly told friends of the show, Pierre Lebrun and Scott Burnside of The Athletic, just kind of talking about what next season could look like. And uh, Daly saying it's going to be an enormous challenge, but we're going to take our time. We're going to gather some data points, whether it's from professional football. Of course, the NFL is back underway. You and I uh, all in on our fantasy league. Very (laughs) excited about that. And uh, maybe watching some basketball as well. Just seeing how different people are doing it. Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball has announced their playoff schedule. They're going to have a bubble of sorts. So really taking some notes and and observing and learning as much as they can, the NHL says. I thought this was interesting too to mention, and we had said this uh, a couple of weeks ago. As of now, the NHL is naming December 1st as the proposed start date for the 2020-21 season. Bill Daly said this, quote, What I'd say to that is that it is really almost entirely dependent upon 
what we decide to do and how we're going to approach it. If I had to handicap it today, it's probably less likely than more that we would start on December 1st, but that's not set in stone by any means. And again, I think the NHL has really said we're going to take our time. December 1st is nice. It's good to have a plan for that. Mm -hmm. But if things change, we know how rapidly everything changes in this landscape. We could push that back to January, and we'll get to more of that. There was a listener question uh, in the third segment of what that season could look like. But uh, just a couple of updates there from the deputy commissioner as well. So without further ado, let's keep on trucking. Episode 100, Dan Heinolt, Predators assistant coach, is next. You are listening to the POP on ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back to the Preds official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game, episode 100. Pleased to be back with you, Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com. And uh, the guest for Big 100, the newest member of the Predators organization, assistant coach Dan Hynote is kind enough to join us on the phone. Coach, first off, welcome to the organization and welcome to the POP. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure, especially at the century mark. It's, it's uh, what an honor. <laughs> we, we've had some big guests, but we said uh, we got to go out and get Dan Heinold for number 100. So it's, <laughs> it's awesome to yeah. have you. No, I mean, I mean again, congratulations. Uh, what do you think about joining this organization, joining the Nashville Predators, and how excited are you to get going? Oh, I can't wait. Uh, now it's kind of like that calm before the storm where you just, you know, you have all this, this big uh, piece of clay and you want to work with it, but but it's, you know, you can't unwrap the present yet. It sits under the tree for God knows how long, unfortunately. But, you know, talking to the other coaches and the management, everybody's just chomping at the bit to get this thing rolling, and, and me more so than most. So I can't wait. On the one side of it, you had the Predators pursuing you, wanting to hire you, but, you know, you're a big part of this conversation with any employee seeking a new job. So what did you like about the Predators and working with John Hines, working with David Poyle? What, what attracted you to want to work uh, in Nashville? Well, there's a lot of factors. I think, you know, obviously Coach Hines, his reputation preceded him uh, across every league, but, you know, also at the program where, where you know, he had some roots. So I, I had a lot of uh, resources that, that know him personally or have worked with him. And everybody just completely loved the guy, loved working with him, well-respected. Uh, so that's a big factor because, you know, as a coaching staff, you spend so much time together throughout the year that, you know, you, you better pick correctly because if you screw that one up whether it's me me choosing the wrong head or the the head choosing the wrong assistant if that doesn't go right it can be disastrous and toxic so so you know all my channel checks you know were were off the board and they were everyone was in you know love with the idea of him and I working together because they felt like we would be a good team and then um you know you get the management is maybe the best in the NHL right? Uh, what they've built, the, the community, you know, is, is top notch, the facilities, like it all just fits. The team is ready to win, right? Like, like you're coming into a situation where we can win the cup. Like that doesn't happen very often in hockey either. So, so, you know, aside from all of those things, you know, they, they were all just added up to, to the perfect, perfect puzzle for me. David Poyle in particular said he was looking for someone with prior coaching experience, what you have. You mentioned the program. That's the national team development program where John Hines was. You've also been with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But Poyle said he also wanted someone who was recently retired from playing 
you've been in the NHL as a player in the 2000s. You've played or known guys who have played with a lot of these current players. How do you relate to today's players, and what's kind of your philosophy on on that player-coach interaction? Well, I think it's massive. I think it's it's never been as important as it is nowadays. I think you know we in the in in today's game you get a lot of uh, generation Y, right? Like, why do I need to go through the wall? Why do I need to forecheck? Why do I need to finish my check? Which is great from a coaching perspective. That's what you want because there's a there's always a method to your madness, and you know sometimes you know players at least back in in my day it was just you just did what you were told without ever questioning why. And, and so it's kind of freeing as a coach because your systems are right and, you know, you believe in them. So you, when you get the why question, it's perfect because then you can explain, okay, well, here's why we do what we do. And then once they understand that and they believe that, that you have their best interest at heart, players will still go through the wall for you. You just have to, you just have to get to that level of trust. So to me, that's the key. Uh, and in order to do so, you have to draw on experiences. You have to draw on, you know, your personal experiences. But for me, I like to use, especially with the higher-end players, I like to use, you know, my experiences as a teammate with high-end players. So, you know, the Paul Koreas, the Peter Forsberg, the, you know, the Joe Sackix. I mean, the Keith Kuchar, I could go I'd, forever. I played with a lot of really, really good hockey players that I learned from. And, you know, if I, can, if I can use some of that wisdom, knowledge, whatever you want to call it, you know, to help Johansson, to help Turris, to help Duchesne, to help, you know, Joe, Yossi and Ellis, like you name it, or even, you know, Tolvanen and, and, you know, the younger guys coming up, uh, you know, all these experiences and names are still recognizable to these players. And when you explain it to them in, in those terms, it makes it a little bit easier for them to swallow, but also to understand. Dan, feel free to be as specific as you like, because we don't know exactly what the roster will look like for the 2021 season, but I'm sure you've watched more tape or at least been casually aware of the Predators the last season or two, and most of the core you know, has been the same, looks like it will continue to be the same. So I'm just curious of your evaluation of the team as a whole, what strengths you see, what weaknesses, you know, what you think, you know, should be built on going forward. Well, I, I, I don't see a lot of weaknesses on this team. I, I love the, you know, the back end is, is as deep as anyone in the NHL, you know, not to mention with, with a Norris trophy candidate and Ellis is, is he should be in those conversations too. He's just, he's just a great, sidekick to to Yossi but by by no mean by no means is he a sidekick he's he's a definitely a an a a plus defender um you know I, I love it I love our back end our goalie situation it couldn't be better for the upcoming season because you know you might run into three and threes you might run into a lot of back-to-backs where you you're going to need two good goalies uh and and we have that in spades so so love that, and then up front, I mean, you, you look you look at the, the the talent level, and it's it's up there with anybody, right? You got Duchesne, you got Johansson, you got you know I love Benino, what he brings to the table. Uh, Forsberg, you know he's he's a potential 30, 40 goal scorer at any given time. You know you got some young prospects coming up. I, I like Sissons as a possible leader, you know, going forward, and you know Turris, I, I think is 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 prime for a breakout year as well. So. You're, you're strong and you're fast up the middle. You got, you know, you got good supporting cast on the outside. You're deep on the back end and you got two good goalies. I just, I just love everything about that picture, you know, uh, add a little bit more, get the team a little bit closer together, maybe add a little bit more juice to their game. And I think you got, you got a really good shot at winning the cup. 
Preds assistant coach Dan Hynote is our guest here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. And Dan, as we mentioned, you were a player in this league before you were a coach, and you won a Stanley Cup in 2001 with the Colorado Avalanche. I know it's been a while, but do you still use some of those memories or lessons learned today as a coach at all? Oh, yeah. Every 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 day you do, right? Because because that's the one the the one part about you know getting to the top of that mountain is is that the whole every round there's a lesson you know we we uh lost forsberg because of like a, a fluke hit you know uh and, and he you know busted his spleen up but it was a it was a it was the perfect reason why you have to finish every single check throughout the season and in playoffs right because you never know which one's going to be the one you know that takes a player like him out uh you know you we 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 flew past Vancouver in series one and swept them and then played the Kings who, you know, were a heavy underdog and they took us to seven, you know? So there's a lesson there about, you know, not taking teams lightly and, and being prepared for every single game because you never know which one's going to be the one to cost you. And we almost lost that series. And that was a series that, you know, we were projected to, to actually have an easier time with, you know, so there's great lessons there. And, you know, then in St. Louis, there was a couple costly penalties that they took at the wrong times, you know, that allowed us to have success against them faster than we probably should have. So the lesson there is about discipline. You know what I mean? Like there's so many lessons that were taught along the way that, that there's no way not to use them, you know, throughout the rest of your career, both as a player and as a coach. So I tend to use as many as I can. Since he took over in January, John Hines, that is, behind the bench, and then he mentioned it after this season concluded as well. GM David Poyle has, has echoed some of his comments, saying that he wants to see his team have a predator way mentality, meaning more more grit, more tenacity, like they maybe had uh, in previous years when they were technically the underdog, but you know competed for a full 60 minutes. Sounds like that's something you've had in your game in the past and your coaching uh, in the past as well. How do you how do you get players to do that? Why do you want players to do that? Why are the is the mental fortitude and the small aspects uh, of a game so important? Well, it's it's because it's such a grind, right? Like the season is 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 so invasive with not only the schedule but the physical you know toll that it takes and the mental toll that it takes because it's you know it's it's every other day or you know who knows what we're going to see with this with when the season starts. It could be even worse, and if you're not prepared on a daily, on a daily basis to bring it, then by games, you know, 40 to 60, you'll just, you'll just burn out and you'll, your team will start to, to lose. And that's usually somewhere between, you know, in a full 82 game season between game, you know, like 50 and 70 or when people just fall off a cliff. Or if you're a veteran team that, that, you know, is primed and in the right focus, then that's when they take off. So, so to me, that's what, that's what we're trying to create here. And, and Coach Hines has, you know, has that's been his mantra since day one: is getting guys to just be ready for battle and the little things every single day. And then that adds up over time. Not, you know, like game by game, it adds up because by the third period, if you've done all the physicality that that you know we expect, and you know the getting sticks on guys, finishing your checks, you know, making it making yourself hard to play against. By the time the third period rolls around, your conditioning takes over, and and we have we have you know the best uh, strength and conditioning staff in the league so that should be to our benefit but it only is your benefit if you've done all the right things in the first and the second so so that's what we're trying to get to and that's what uh, coach Hines has been pressing since day one 
Dan, there's a pretty great video on YouTube of you interviewing Paul Correa and Temu Solani when they came to Colorado to play together. That seems to be a pretty excellent example of your personality, maybe keeping things light at the right time. But do you find that maybe some humor and some lightheartedness has its place even for a coach at times? Oh, it's it's yeah, it's a must. You know, the coaches need it just as much as the players need it. Uh, well, you know, in the coaches' room and behind the scenes, but also on the ice. You know, the coach. I think it's a. I think it's part of an assistant coach's job. Uh, you know, to keep the guys upbeat, keep the guys happy. There's going to be times when you know when we struggle uh, as a team, and it becomes hard to come to the rink. There, there are days that that guys, you know, take it personally, and they they put you know they put a lot of pressure on themselves. So they're not you know they're not. It's not always unicorns and rainbows. But on those days, then somebody needs to pick the boys up. Right. And so that's kind of our responsibility, I believe, as an assistant coach. And, and you know, at the end of the day, there's, they're still playing a hockey game. You know, it's all I like to remind the guys that, you know, about perspective. Right. There's there's a, there's a lot worse things to be doing and, and people a lot worse off. So if you're going to mope around here, maybe I'll take you to the, to the children's hospital and, and you can mope around those kids and see just just to get a little taste of perspective, you know. And so life's not so bad. Uh, so, you know, rub some dirt on it and get back out there, basically. Dan, let's conclude on this. You've been to Bridgeton Arena and Nashville several times as a player. You've had glowing things to say even back uh, in the early 2000s. I would argue it's only improved. It's in the 2010s and beyond. So um, what, are you, what are you looking forward to knowing that um, that crowd hopefully soon will be on your side and what that home ice advantage can mean? Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I mentioned a few times in these articles uh, since being hired, but it used to be, if not the hardest to play, but one of the hardest to play, if not the hardest. So the the crowd would get going. The team was always physical and mean. There was always a couple fights, and you just knew you were gonna like it was it was a, you were gonna come away with bruises, cuts, and hopefully a point, but you weren't guaranteed <laughs> that. Uh, so you know, I, I'd love to see us get back to that to that kind of an atmosphere. I know it's not that far. I mean, you're basically a couple of good games away from it at any given time in that city. So uh, that's what I'm excited for because I know the boys are pumped. The boys want to p- get back to that style and they want to get that crowd going ASAP. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, Dan, we're happy to have you on the right side now. Uh, uh, of course, we're not exactly sure when we'll get going, but hopefully it's sometime soon. We look forward to meeting you here in Nashville. And uh, thanks for doing this. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, thank you guys, and congrats on the 100th uh, episode. Hopefully it's not the last one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think this interview is good enough to keep us going. I think we'll be okay. (laughs) All right, perfect. Up next, it's time to get to some listener questions and hear their voices for the first time. This is the Predators' official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game and streaming right now on the Game Nashville app. For more about the show, to rate, to subscribe, go to nationalpredators.com slash podcast. You can listen to all 99 episodes as well to get caught up before listening to this, (laughs) the 100th episode. Max, our producer, Brooks alongside. I'm Thomas. I'm really excited for this segment. This was fun. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to get to all of them. We're going to try um, I guess that's something of a humble brag, but I just mean to say, like, so many of you sent in your audio files, asked your questions. I think we had more questions than we normally do. 
because you, the listener, were excited to be involved. So thank you. And can I say how impressed I was with just how smooth everyone was? I know. I was like, wow, did they write that down first? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, if you had to do multiple takes... That you got to do By what you got to do. I mean, but, you got to sound your best. But you, you guys and girls sounded awesome. Like better than us for with sure. your voice memos. Well, so well done on that. And yeah, we're gonna we'll get to uh, some here as many as we can uh, here in this segment. So without further ado, our first listener question. We're gonna hear from Caleb Cook right now. Hey Brooks and Thomas, my name's Caleb Cook, and I've been listening since episode one. With some Preds prospects like. Tolvanen and Tomasino being thought of to be brought up to the Preds roster. Are there any other prospects or lesser hyped Milwaukee players that you expect to be brought up to the Preds opening night roster? Caleb, a loyal listener since yes, episode thank one. Thank you. There's another one. Yeah. So I think part of his question I'll focus on is he's his opening night roster. Now, I think the list becomes a bit more expansive. You're talking about, you know, the 2021 season as a, as a whole, for example. Like, if, you know, there could be injury replacements, guys up for a brief time period. But with the expectation that there will be several roster moves for the Preds, I mean, what would, three to five is, I mean, that's that's several to me. Like, if you have sure. some of these UFAs that come and go, if you do make a trade or, you know, anything like that there are there are openings more than there have been in the years past and and I think he, one guy he mentions Ellie Tolvanen is a great example even if he maybe was close his only opportunity to really make the roster was just absolutely earn it in training camp and then kick out a veteran and make the Predators have to get rid of him right because because of the contract status in the past that was the uphill climb that he was facing mm. not only was he having to make it you were then having to likely get rid of a guy or put him on waivers and expose losing him so I think the Predators were able to say you know what just keep developing like you're not quite you know that dominant of a player yet that we want to put you over you know a veteran player that's not the case anymore the openings are there so I think that context is worth mentioning um I think Rim Pitlick is the first name that that I'll touch on. He did have 20 goals last year with the Admirals and had a couple flashes in the preseason as well. If you remember, Matthew Shane to Rim Pitlick in overtime in the in a preseason game was it was a pretty special play. Um, I think he's a very two way kind of guy, guy that you can count on to be responsible. I don't know that he's the high scoring flair of a Tolvanen, so we'll see if the Predators think that they need that per se. I, I could potentially make the argument they already have a lot of guys like that on the roster but you know that's always good as a coach to have a guy that you know what you're going to do the right thing you're not going to be a huge minus you're going to you're going to be able to drive the the possession um, when you're on the ice and he does have something of a scoring touch so he's got one game in the NHL and in his career in the mm-hmm. regular season um, so he has technically made that before and we'll see if he's able to do it again I think he's certainly an option um, and may even have an edge over a Tomasino, for ex- example, just because he's older and he's done it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with what Caleb said and that L.A. Tolvanen and Philip Tomasino are certainly the two biggest names, I think, that you look for to maybe make it. I, I totally agree with Pitlick. I think Alexander Carrier is another one, uh, yep. the defenseman, and he's been here before. I think everybody pretty much knows his name by now. I think he's a guy that uh, management could look for to fill a 6-7 defenseman spot. And Jeremy Davies is another guy, a defenseman that they're very high on. He came over in the P.K. Subban trade, and uh, he got a lot better playing with Milwaukee in the American League this season. And then one more, Connor Ingram is the goaltender of the future. We've touched on that, at least how the Predators see it right now. Of course, Pecorine and Yusei Saros, we've heard David Poyle say it. He kind of sees them as a 1A, 1B mm-hmm. uh, option right now between Rene and Saros, but 
Ingram is there waiting if, if there's an injury or, you know, a, a couple of years down the road, maybe depending on what happens with Pekka or whatnot, but uh, some names there to watch for sure. Yeah, I think I'll raise my number a bit now that I think about it a bit more because I think there's going to be three defenseman spots open. So maybe it's six to seven openings on a roster of 23 because I think the chances are you all have free agents in, in Weber and Holzer and then Hamus is now retired. So entirely possible that you see a Carrier and a Davies and a veteran signed or a trade. So, you know, they certainly have an opportunity. And then you're right, could Connor Ingram come in in case of injury, make a spot here or there? Absolutely. All right, let's get to Sean Coleman's question. Hi, my name is Sean Coleman from Grand Forks, North Dakota, longtime listener of the show. My question for this week's podcast is, with the hiring of Dan Hynote, is there still an opening for an assistant coach, or are we going back to when we just had two assistant coaches for the staff? I've never been to Grand Forks. I've been to Minot. I've never been to North, North Dakota. Dakota. Beautiful, lovely international airport, the Minot International Airport. A, a big expansion went from two gates to, I think there's six gates there now. <laughs> oh my. So that was very exciting to see. No, Sean, uh, thanks for the question. 300% increase. We certainly appreciate you listening all the way up there in North Dakota. So, yeah, so it, it's certainly possible that there would be another assistant. We're not certain. We actually haven't spoken to David Poyle yeah. or John Hines since the hiring of Hynote. As we've talked about before, most teams have expanded their staff in recent seasons to include three assistants on the bench, but it's certainly not a requirement. And don't forget, I, I mean, you know that Ben Vanderklok is the goaltending coach, Lawrence Filoni is the video mm-hmm. coach. They may not be on the bench during games, but their insight is certainly is just as important as anyone else's. So it's not as if the Predators only have three coaches and that's all they have going right, for them. Right, and I guess we don't even know with certainty if the decision has been made yet. I mean, it could be very sure. possible that Hines is meeting with his now two assistants in Lambert and Hynote and says, you know, is there an area that we feel we're weak in? Do we want to add in that way? Um, I think our speculation was pretty good overall on who the Predators, the type of guy they would hire. We did not think they'd necessarily get like a previous head coach, for example, to come in. So, mm-hmm. Does that change now? Do they want something more like that? Do they want something different? Do they want AHL experience? We don't know. So I would lean toward it being likely there's still an opening to fill. But yeah, we actually don't know the answer to that yet. We'll see. Perhaps we'll get an answer on that soon. Speaking of more answers, let's hear from Peter Newsom and get him an answer. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Brooks. Big fan of the podcast and congratulations on 100 episodes. That's amazing. So David Poyle was talking about getting back to playing the Predators way with a refuse-to-lose attitude. So my question is, do you think that a weak mentality is the Predators' biggest issue right now? And if not, what do you think is? Peter Ooh. Newsom, someone... Tough question. Well, he's rare, and you were just mouthing this to me. Most people say Brooks and Thomas, <laughs> Every not Thomas and Brooks. Every person says Brooks and Thomas. So thank you, Peter. You are now my favorite listener. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Tough and, one. And we know that... John Hines, we've said it a lot. He has, seems like he thinks it could be at least you know one of them. Yes, John John Hines has stressed mental fortitude since the day he got here, and the Predators felt that that was better during the playoffs. The thing that comes to mind is what Ryan Ellis said after that loss to Arizona, is that it felt different in the room, and it never feels good after a loss. But two years ago, after the loss to Dallas, there was, I mean, quite frankly, a lot of head hanging, a lot of. How did we get here? Why did we lose like this? We should be mm-hmm. better than this. Mm-hmm. And this time around, again, you don't want to lose. That's not the goal. But the feeling was different. And I think that had a lot to do with John Hines and the approach that he was taking to the mental part of the game. It's like if you you know, if you get scored on, it's not the end of the world, right? I think there was a lot of that in saying, okay, 
things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. That doesn't mean all of a sudden if you have one or two bad shifts mm-hmm. that the game is over. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a way to regroup and get back to that. So I think that's part of it. And then you, uh, Peter mentioned getting back to the Predator way. Again, what David Poyle has said, I mean, that means being just so much harder to play against, the ability to outwork opponents and having more consistency in their game night after night. I, I think that's a big issue, the biggest issue. I would I would say that maybe the mental fortitude has actually gotten a lot better. Yeah. It's what David Poyle said and, and getting back to the true meaning of the Predator way and just, just purely outworking teams and beating them. You might have Correct. more talent on paper to begin with, but that's not going to win every night for you. Yes, and I've asked Hal Gill uh, a few, about this a few, a few times, you know, as a former player and as an analyst, just saying like, Okay, like you know, what does it mean when a coach like says like, oh, we need to be better in the details and the execution? And I think High Note actually in our previous segment gave some some answers about that. It's the willingness and the drive to do it over and over and over again because it's so easy to just give ninety five percent or you know something like that because of how hard you have to play, the intentionality you have to have, the focus you have to have on you know this is our system. I make this play. Every time, you know, I don't get to make it nine out of 10 times or, you know, whatever that is. And so I think it's more of that. And and I'll say this as well. Don't make up your mind yet on on head coach John Hines yet in the sense that he didn't have all the players that he wanted per se to play his system. He didn't have all, you know, the assistant coaches as well. He didn't have all those things. It was more trying to take his plan and work with what he already had. Now that he'll have a season or two or three, you know, to really be able to put in all um, the pieces into place that he wants, I think that's a part of it as well. And I think that could potentially see us take a step forward as well as the team. And if some of these, you know, younger players are ready to deliver as well. So I think that all is a factor. We don't have a breaking news drop on this show, but breaking news. So the NHL has announced that the NHL awards, the five remaining, will be passed out on Monday at 5.30. So that means we will know whether or not Roman Yossi wins the Norris Trophy on Monday night. So stay tuned. We already covered that. We were saying maybe. Now we know for sure. Mark your calendars. Monday, Monday, Monday. Hopefully you've listened to this by then. Yeah. Let's go to great name, Ty Tyson. His question. Hey, Brooks and Thomas. My question is, how do you think the league's going to fit an 82-game schedule into the compressed calendar of starting in December and trying to end in April? Do you think they're going to try to do something similar to like what the ECHL does where teams will travel to a city and play two games in two nights instead of you know going taking two California trips during the season? Thanks. So Ty brings up a very good point there, and we mentioned it a little bit in the first segment with Bill Daly and, and how he's looking at it. So Ty says a start in December. A start in December is certainly not set in stone. That could change. And the NHL would like to play 82 games as they traditionally do. But playing some games is better than not playing any games. Mm -hmm. And so I think, again, 82 is probably the goal. Uh, but I, I don't know that they're like, we've got to play 82 or we're not doing it. And again, you don't have to end the regular season in April either. You can extend. I'd say you're unlikely to. Yeah. Yes, you can extend into the the later spring a little yeah. bit, not too far. You've got to wrap it up at some point uh, in the summer. And Bill Daly saying we'd also like to get back on the traditional schedule yeah. whenever that's appropriate to do so. But Ty brings up a good point about what the ECHL does, too, and trips to California. And that has been mentioned as a potential for the NHL to try to cut down on travel. Do you send teams out 
for the Predators, for example, it's a four, four and a half hour flight to Southern California. Do you keep them out there? And if you're scheduled to play Anaheim or L.A. on the road twice in one season, do you just get it all over with? I mean, that's something that could happen in this. Do you play only in the Western Conference? Only uh-huh. Are you playing more games in your own division to cut down on travel? Uh-huh. I think all of those are possibilities. I think so. There's going to be a lot of creative solutions and hypotheses that are tossed out, and we did that all summer long. You know, this could happen or that could happen, and then something entirely you know different happened. Uh, interesting to try and read between the lines on Bill Day a little bit. Like, I've heard him say a few comments where it almost sounds like 82 games is the most important thing to him. And then other times I'm like, no, he might play fewer so that more fans can be involved. It's really it's tough to read between the lines on, on that per se. Um, I agree with you. Like I think it's very likely could the central division be grouped together in some way or you play more of those games. Yes, I don't think we'll see a normal 82 game schedule, at least what we've seen in the last five years. I don't think it's going to be every team plays every team or you know you do this, you do that. Yeah, and then even in our interview, you heard I did not heard this. High note speculating, could we do three games in three nights? I mean, like, yeah. it's going to be different than what we've seen. You before. know you're going to have a lot of back-to-backs. You're going to have three and four. Is there a three and three? That that would so be So they do first. that in the AHL. They yeah. do not do it in the NHL. Yep. That we'll would see. be a first. So, All right. so stay tuned. Stephanie Gray is next. Hey, guys. Congrats on 100 episodes. That's so exciting. Um, so my question is, when interviewing your guests, was there anything you learned from players, coaches, etc. that surprised you or that you did not know? And also... What stands out to you when looking back on all those episodes? Once again, congrats. Thank you for the congrats, Stephanie. We appreciate (laughs) it. Uh, I will say one of the first things that comes to mind on a question like this is how I just have absolutely no desire to go back and listen to episode one. Because I'd like to think that oh, we've tough. I like to think that Oof. we've improved a decent amount since yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's just been fun to grow over time, and I think for you, the listener, I think this is the feedback that we've gotten, and I think for Thomas and I, this is the case as well that the interviews that we've been able to do with not only our players and coaches, but people in the media and people in the music industry and a referee and we've just and and commissioners and I feel like we've had a really good scope of people. I think that's been one of the cooler things to do is just to hear so many different perspectives to to learn more mm-hmm. about these guys and to to ask them more about the X's and O's and tell us about your family and well, your dogs. Say. Like, and, and more so within those interviews saying, and we will not ask you the questions that people have already heard you answer before. Yeah, like yeah. We're going to try to go as off the wall as we can to make it more exciting for you and then for others. Yeah, I mean, so many things pop into my brain. I think we are the best as hosts when we're asking questions that genuinely interest us, that we're curious of the answers of. So yeah, so many things pop into my, my brain. I don't have time to list them all, but like, even the one episode when Callie Yarncroke revealed that Victor Arvison's wife cuts his hair. Yeah. I mean, like, no yeah. idea. You know, funny things like that. We had Dante Fabro and Rim Pitlick in their pet story. And yeah. the cat, or was a cat or dog? Like, like just run away. Someone ran away, yeah. It was, <laughs> kind of brought the whole interview down a little bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, sorry about the, that. So. The story, as much as I wouldn't want to go back and listen to episode one, the story that P.K. Subban told in episode one of how he met Lindsey Vaughn, yeah. I think that really showed us like, wow, like this is a really, great. this is a great medium to be able to get stories out like that. Matt Duchesne telling us the way that he told all his yeah. buddies that he was signing with the Preds. He brings his young son, Bo Duchesne, mm-hmm. down in a Preds jersey at his cottage and holds him up like the Lion King. Now our most popular episode of all time, yes, by the way. And right is. behind that, Pecorino, I was just going to say that 
when in no other medium are we able to be like, can you like in the real Finnish way pronounce, you know, Pecorine and you say you know, <laughs> so like, that was great. Like, that's fantastic. And I got to interview Wes McCauley, one of the highlights of my career. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Thank you guys for sending in some questions. And uh, I don't know. I would venture to guess that we'll probably do that again. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll look to do that in future episodes. Again, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back to finish it up. We'll give a few things away, too. So stay tuned to learn how you can win some sticks, some bobbleheads. It's coming up as we wrap things up on episode 100 of the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. When you only got a hundred years to live. 100 years to live, 100 episodes to record. We're doing that and more here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. Brooks Bratton, Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com. So glad that you've chosen to join us, hopefully for all 100. John Andrazik, Pfeiffer Fighting, by the way, huge hockey fan there. It's taken us two years to get to 100 episodes. I don't think we'll be doing this show for 100 years. But no, we'll see. Prob- probably not, but, you know, never say never <laughs> in, in today's uncertain times. We, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, get out and Lots fish. Lots update on your calendar, yes. Yes, the uh, Nashville Predators uh, fishing tournament is coming up. The fourth annual Preds Fishing Tournament, sponsored by Bass Pro Shops and Guy Harvey, benefits the 365 Pediatric Cancer Fund. Uh, Preds Assistant GM Brian Poyle, professional anglers Odd Defoe, Timmy Horton, no, not that Tim Horton, Timmy Horton, Mike McClellan, David Walker, they'll all be there Friday, September 25th, and is the check-in, and then Saturday, September 26th, is the tournament bright and early in the morning on Old Hickory Lake, NashvillePredators.com slash fishing fishing for yes. all the information on the fishing tournament. So a, a cool event A couple more there. while we're at it. Recently added, so this will be the second ever Mike Fisher Celebrity Sporting Clay Shoot. It's coming back October 27th. And then the Philip Forsberg Hockey Clinic for years, it was Matthias Ackholms. Um, it'll be at Fordyce Center Bellevue. That's where you can get your youngster out on the ice with an NHL player. Um, so Philip Forsberg will be doing that for the second time, November the 7th. We'll remind you of that as time goes by, but sure. go ahead and get your spot. There's not many of them, especially for that Forsberg Clinic. So get your kiddo out on the ice. Stay tuned. Uh, for the first time since March, I think, we're going to give away some stuff. And we've got a lot. We're like, you know what? It's episode 100, not one, We're not two. We're going to give away five things. So I saw someone on Twitter say, what'd you give away the first episode? And someone was like, NHL 19 autographed copy by P.K. Subban. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, yes, we did. People remember. We sure did. We've given away some cool stuff. This might be better, though. This is cool. So I mean, a T.S. Ekholm game-used stick, a Cali Yarncrock game-used stick, and then three hockey at home packs, which include uh, limited edition Matt Duchesne bobbleheads. So here's how you're going to enter to win one of those items. We're not going to tell you what. We're just going to pick them, and that's what you get. But here's how you do so. 100 episodes. You've got to have, hopefully, a favorite moment, a favorite interview, a favorite stupid thing we said. Tell us what that is on Twitter. Hashtag Preds Podcast. Uh, tag myself, tag Thomas, and tell us of all the episodes, 100 of the Preds Podcast, what have you enjoyed the most? What is your favorite moment? And we will pick five of you mm-hmm. to win one of those prizes each. So Hashtag Preds Podcast. That's the key part, though. Not yes. Predators official podcast. Hashtag Preds Podcast. That way we see it. That way you're in it. It's yes, that simple. That is it. Uh, we Speaking of fans and listeners and congratulating and giving things away, 
we asked people to send in questions. Some people just went the route of saying congratulations. We and we, we really appreciate that. Honestly, it's been quite a ride doing this. Uh, I think we had hoped to uh, had maybe done episode 100 live somewhere that we could have people come out. Uh, unfortunately, we can't do anything like that right now. We will do that someday. We are excited to do uh, something like that out and about for all of you. But until then, thank you so much for listening. 100 down. Here's to so many more. And we will leave you with a few of these congratulations from some listeners again. Thank you all. It's been fun. And we'll do it again next week. Again, Norris Trophy will be revealed on Monday evening. Who is the winner? Is it Preds Captain Roman Yossi? Stay tuned to find out. We'll talk to you next week, Thomas. 100 down. Thanks for 100, guys. Hey, Brooks. Hey, Thomas. Max Ritz from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada here. Just wanted to say thank you for all that you've done for the POP over its first 100 episodes. I know it's where I go for all of my information, everything Preds. I just want to say thank you guys so much for all that you bring to the table and keep bringing that fire. Brooks, thank you always for the music suggestions. My library wouldn't be what it is without you. Take care, fellas. Go Preds. Hey, Brooks and Thomas. It's the ultimate one here. Congratulations on 100 episodes. We're proud of you. We all support you, and we love what you do. Keep up the good work, and here's to 100 more. And that's the bottom line, because the ultimate predator said so. Hey, guys. Congratulations on your 100th episode. Thanks for keeping us up to date on all the latest news and interviews and Uh, information about our favorite team the Preds keep it up and here's to a hundred more Brooks Thomas various other gingers who may be in the room this is Max I'm the producer of the Preds official podcast and though I have not been the producer of the POP the whole time I feel like I've been there since the beginning of when you guys got here which was also my beginning of when I got here great job it's so fun to sit in the room where it happens and edit all your little mistakes it's a true joy And I look to continue to do it for the rest of time.